Clockwork Things. This is Mark here, and welcome back to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. A quick word about our sponsors today. It is the founder of Scalar Light, Tom Palladino. Scalar Light is a quantum healing company using scalar energy devices that work remotely, giving distant healing anywhere in the world. On the website, you can get a 15-day free trial, but we are getting a 30-day free trial here on the Clockwork Junkie podcast. As a lot of people know, I've done it myself already. There's no credit cards, no debit cards, there's no risk, no obligations, and it is 100% free. How you sign up is you give your name, your email, and upload a selfie. So the link for the 30-day trial is in the description of this video, as is a link to the conversation Tom and I had, where Tom describes what exactly Scalar Energy is. So have a look at that video and click on the link and get your 30-day free trial with Scalar Light. Hey, how are things? This is Mark here, and you're more than welcome back to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. This is episode 203. Um, bit more of an informal podcast. It's me solo. Um, a couple of things I want to discuss. Uh, as the thumbnail says, I do want to talk about the World Cup um, coming later this month. And why I think we should leave the players alone. And when I say we, I mean journalists, the media, everybody. Um, I think one of the most intelligent things I've ever heard anybody saying about this to date is the Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp. I have a clip of what he says. Um, I agree with everything that he says. And I'd like to know what you think. Um, I have my opinion as well. So I'm going to go into all of that. And I just want to talk a little bit more about the World Cup and what's going on over there. But look, before we start, hello and welcome. Thank you very much. Um, please subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Um, I think the subscriptions have gone a bit stagnant lately, even though the viewers are, if not staying the same, rising. Um, it's free to do so if you don't know. So and it helps me so much. You wouldn't believe it. The more subscribers I have, the more the videos recommended to other people. Um, so if you can subscribe, that's fantastic. If you like the podcast, please give it a like. And it would be no harm to maybe share it on, if you see me posting on Instagram or Facebook, or why not give it a share? It's free, you know. Um, and thanks to people who are doing that. But if you haven't done it, it might be nice if you do. I don't know, throw me a bow and help me out. Um, but look, thanks for everything. Just to let you know before I start, um, tomorrow night I'm recording a Premier League football podcast. I'm hoping to get the whole team back. So that's myself, Deck, Dan and Ronan. Um, the last one we done was at the end of, even before the end of last season. Um, I know loads of things got in the way. I was obviously turning this into a business and trying to get everything started and doing courses and um, Ronan was training for and has completed the Dublin City Marathon so congratulations to him he um he did it for breast cancer and made loads of money uh, well done um, Deck has moved to a brand new place he's in a brand new job um, taking over the world and Dan has become a new father so look we're all busy but we're recording tomorrow night and it's going to be out on Thursday of this week I believe Wednesday or Thursday Um. I suppose hit the notification button if you haven't done so. And that's the thing I always say, subscribe to the channel and hit the notification button because every time you go on YouTube, if you're subscribed, if I have a new video out, you'll be able to see it. But if you hit the notification, which I, I do for loads of Andrew Huberman podcast, Lex Friedman podcast, every time a podcast comes out, I get a little notification saying they're out. Now, I don't watch them there and then. Sometimes I do. But uh, yeah, look, if you can do that, it'd be great. Um, So that's recording tomorrow. It's going to be talking about, obviously, the Premier League finished yesterday. We're going to talk about the 20 teams from position 20 to first. We're going to go through all of the teams. What do we think happened? What, how do we think they're playing? 
and we're going to give our predictions. I know it's early on to give predictions. I appreciate that, but we're going to give top four predictions and relegation predictions, and let's see what happens. So, look, that's going to be a lot of fun. I literally can't wait to record that. I hope we're getting the, all of us back together. We're trying to do that. If it doesn't work out, I'll try to get a replacement. But, look, you'll know on Thursday. Um, This is my first fo- solo podcast to do um, since episode 200. So, 201 and 202 were out. Um. I thought they were really strong podcasts, uh, 201 and 202. 201 was with um, Lauren DeTulio, 23 years old, um, author from Boston, Massachusetts. Such a nice person. I really, really liked her. Um, and her conversation actually inspired her to start her own podcast. And I believe there's one of them out there now. Um, so go, uh, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's episode 201. You can have a look at it. Um, I have her Instagram link in the description. You can go and check that out. And that will bring it to the new podcast. But uh, definitely check her out. She's a really, really cool person. Then Adele Hinehan, obviously, I was speaking to her. But life after child loss, um, I still just can't get over the strength of um of that woman and her family. And you know, it's uh you know, well done. Um I I know she has got messages and I have got messages also about um people going through the same thing um recently and uh, in the past. So look, that was I suppose the tagline of this podcast, if you want to say a tagline, was always real people sharing real stories. And, you know, I could have loads of different genres on of people talking about stuff, but stuff that I feel that perhaps needs to be talked about, whether I might find it easy or not. So, look, well done to the two of them. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And I know a buddy got messages and, as far as I'm concerned, well deserved. Um, But as I say, it's the first time that I get to talk to you on my own since episode 200. So, I'd mentioned on that that the podcast was ending and I got some messages, um, a lot of messages in the meantime that it was going to end on episode 230, um, but it was coming back. So when I say end, it was like an extended break or an hiatus. I'm at this two and a half years. I haven't taken a break yet. Um, I had mentioned that sometimes I might say, look, I'm going to take Friday, Saturday and Sunday off, but I don't. I get an idea. I get an idea for a guest. Um, excuse me. I get an idea for a guest, an idea for a clip. There's always something to do with, you know, getting a guest, recording it, editing it, taking out the audio, getting clips, making thumbnails, posting on all the different social medias. Jesus Christ. It would absolutely exhaust you, 100%. But um, it probably seems easy, but it's not. It's really, really difficult. Um, But I actually enjoy doing it. It's um, I enjoy putting in the work, and I do put in a lot of work, but I just felt that I needed a break. Uh, not to do anything in particular, but I had said that, like, everyone that by now that listens to this podcast would have known that like I had chronic depression for 10 years. And when I came out of that, one of my inspirations for starting the podcast was to at some stage talk about depression and what it was like for me um, and things that I'd done to get out of it. And I, I realized that's no um, substitute for seeing a professional or, and, and it still isn't to this day. Um, but it's nice to um, be able to share my story and, um, and now that I'm out the far side, and I am out the far side, so it's kind of like the story has ended, but it hasn't really because although my mind is as good as it has ever been, you know, I, I could say a hundred percent. Um, my body isn't. I don't know whether it's a PTSD thing with my body, and I've I've read about it, um, and listened to podcasts about it with specialists. Sometimes when you get over chronic depression or something big like that, 
even though you've done so much work on your mind to get out of a situation that your, your, your body still has the effects of it. And I feel sometimes that's me. Like it's like motivation to go and work out. I have motivation to eat correctly. I have motivation to do all that kind of stuff. But I'm working nonstop and then I'm tired and then I don't do it. Or I do do it for a couple of weeks um, and then I stop. And, you know, I had to ask myself the question is, like, am I lazy? Am I just lazy? And I know I'm not lazy. I know I'm not lazy. So it must be something else. So I think I just need a break to go working on that. And I also wanted to spend more time outside, you know, like I'm inside doing the podcast all the time. I want to spend more time outside. Um, and like Rapunzel caught up on the t- up on the tower, I, I want to get out. But um, but what does getting out look like? Uh, I actually don't mean getting out as in going drinking every night. I mean getting out as in going for long walks and going for some hiking and some trail walks. I spoke to my brother James a couple of days ago. James been on the show a couple of times. Um, top man, he has my back on his podcast since the very first episode until this episode today. And as does my father, Jimmy McCormack. And I should have mentioned both of those people in episode 200 to say thanks. But I had so much stuff to get in. And I was just so fucking busy that my head was up my own arse. I didn't get time. So thank you to those two people for having my back from the the, the very beginning. Um, Yeah, thank you. But I digress. I was speaking to James. And James was saying a lot of stuff. And, and I mean, a lot of stuff I thought already as in like, you know, if you were to stop for a month or two, and I mentioned this in podcast 200, that the, the followers might fall and, you know, and we kind of was what of it. And, but he, he said something that kind of crossed my mind. But now that it's time has passed and I'm thinking about it, I'm going to say it to you, see what you think. And if you're interested, I think I might, might for, well, I definitely will 100% consider this, but I might do this. So, after the 230 episodes, rather than a podcast all of the time, obviously there will still be podcasts. I'm never going to give up podcasting. If I, I told you already, if I'm 80 or 90 years of age, I'll still be doing a podcast about back in the day or something like that, you know, back in the good old days. But, uh, like, I'm not really one for a, a, a vlog, if you like. I'm more of a sit down, have a chat on a podcast. I'm not a vlogger. I'm not like a, hey, guys, welcome to my channel. Um, of course I'm not. But maybe I could do something with, look, here's my goal over the next six months. And my goal is to get healthy, get, not fucking fit, fit, but lose loads of weight, get healthy by doing these exercises, eating this food. Here's what I'm having today. Here's what I'm having tomorrow. Um, Here's the workouts that I'm doing. Here's me in the gym doing them. And not like a motivational music where you see somebody and they're showing you their, their, their bum and they're showing you their muscles or any of that crap. Just me, like you know me already. This is what it is. This is what I'm doing. And maybe people might see that and they might like it and I might inspire them. And, you know, if I'm fucking honest, it might keep me going as well, you know. And then I thought, like, well, maybe when I'm going on some of the trails or some of the hikes, couldn't I bring my camera there and, and maybe, look, come away with me today. We're going down up the Wicklow Mountains or something like that. And then I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to go to different gyms around Ireland and meet a trainer there and get somebody to film the workout? And I mean, like, it's not as if I'm fit, as, as if like you're going to see two people working out in the height. Like, I, I'm unfit, you know? Um, I feel kind of weak in myself. And um, 
you know, and, and I'm definitely overweight. There's no doubt about that. Like, and I have been for the longest time, but I thought once I got over the depression that I, I'd lose it all because my mind is right. But there's obviously a little block there. Maybe it's that post-traumatic stress stuff when you get over a, a stress-inducing 10 years of fucking trauma and you get out the far side, maybe it has an effect on your body. And I'm reading an awful about that lately. And maybe it is that, maybe it isn't. But I think I want to take it head on and do the, you know, take a challenge and let's see. And I think by eating a certain way, uh, eating a certain way and by uh, working out and by going on these walks and maybe... Let's say, for example, you own a gym and you're somewhere in Ireland. Could the Clockwork Junkie pod, podcast not come down for the day and show us a workout and we'll, you'll get free promotion on the channel? Um, I'll be showing a different way to work out and the people who watch the channel will get to see me in them situations, but will learn as well. So I'm still doing what I'm doing, what I want to do. I still have the channel now. People are still watching it. It's good publicity. It's good publicity for loads of different people, and we all learn. Me included. Me number one. We all learn stuff. I think it might be a really good idea, and then bring you on trails. And if it's something that you think might interest you, can you leave a comment and say, "Yeah, that would be interesting." Or if you don't want to be kind of, you know, leave a comment and say it. You can email me at clockworkjunkiepodcast at gmail You can DM me on Instagram. Um, the link for my Instagram link is in the description. Um, you can go and follow me there if you want. Um, you can DM me. You, you won't see them. I will see them. I see all my DMs. I, I spend time checking because you never know what you're missing between all the fucking spam and the acting the flu. There's been a couple of things that I found that was really, really good. But look, that, just let me know if you're interested. Maybe there might be a friend that might be interested. You know, maybe you own the gym and say, well, look, well, come down here for a day this week or come down here next week or you know, I could go to you. Maybe there's a home workout in the garden. We can get some of the video the two of us doing. I'll put it all together as a package and it's a great promotion for everybody. Um, It's great for me because I'm working out and I'm keeping motivated. It's great for other people because they're learning stuff all the time and the channel is still going and I don't have to do a break. You know, I, I, I can envisage something like I'm talking here now. Well, on this week's show, I do these five things and then I bring you along and come back with clips and talking and bits and bobs and maybe some of the people who I'm dealing with in different gyms or different nutritionists I can have them on for a word about stuff and I think it's all inclusive and it might be good for everyone it's only something that came across my mind by speaking to my brother um I have something you think that might be a good idea let me know because if there's no interest in it well then I'm doing that anyways but there's no point in filming and, and making looking videos you know let me know um but it might be just interesting you know so let me know what you think. Okay, look, let's get to this. So the World Cup, just to let you know, um, I am still taking businesses. If you want to promote your business, you can come on, have a conversation, have a chat. Tell us where you are, what you sell, how you started. Um, I have a, loads of them done already. There's a playlist called Promote Your Business on the YouTube channel. You can click on it. I think I put seven or eight, maybe nine up there. I'm not sure. Some of them have three or four people on the one clip, but it'll be like that. Um, and if you don't want to get involved uh, that way, as in you wouldn't be confident to come on and talk, um, as I always say, I'm not even 100% confident myself yet. Um, and that's genuine. But you you can sponsor a episode. You can sponsor a number of episodes. Um, I also have a podcast course. I'm doing two this week. Um, Thursday and Tuesday. So, yeah, so I'm doing two. That'll be showing you how to start your podcast, how to do the intro, the outro, how to edit it, how to get it up. 
Um, yeah, all that good stuff. So look, clockworkjunkiepodcast at gmail.com. So I have my phone here. I want to talk about the World Cup. Um, and I have the clip from Jurgen Klopp coming up in a minute. And I want to basically, you know, <clears throat> the World Cup, and we're talking, you look, it's obvious in Qatar, it's the 2020 World Cup. It was awarded by FIFA. Uh, the, Russia was the one before that. And every single person who has a pulse and an IQ over one knows it was all for money. We know that. There is no debate. Um, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. It's for money. My mind cannot be changed. You might argue, well, it's not because football is a global game, so therefore it's for everybody. And you're right, it is for everybody. So why can't it be in Russia? So if we leave the Russia one aside, that's done and dusted. So this one's coming up in a couple of days. So guitar, why can't they be involved? Why can't the Middle East be involved? Well, they can. 100%. Because football is inclusive. So they absolutely 100% can get involved. They can put in a pitch. They can, uh, I believe they won 14-8 to the USA, who already had all the infrastructure there, by the way. That's another thing. I'll be getting on to all that in a minute. But if football is for to be inclusive, and the Middle East got it because they're going to be included as part of the whole global world of football, the family of football as we are, well, then the whole global world of football should be allowed to descend on their shores to watch it. And that includes gay people. But that's outlawed in that country. But that's not very inclusive, is it? That's not inclusive at all. LGBTQ can't go over, can't do their stuff. It's complete. It's outlawed. Um, and you could be fined, or you could be sentenced to death. Sentenced to death because you're a man who loves another man. Did you ever hear such nonsense in your life? But people will say that's their culture. Okay, well, you have to accept that. Okay, I accept that. That's their culture. But now let's go back to football. It's a global family. Well, that's not part of the global family, so they cannot have it. Oh, well, we want to get them involved. Well, then everybody can go to see it. It's one or the other. End of story. I've never seen so much floating around in my life. Anyways, I digress. I'll be looking at my phone for a minute. I'll be coming back up and talking, and I have a clip from Jurgen Klopp. As, as I said, it's, it's the most intelligent thing anyone who has ever said about the World Cup to date that I've heard. And I've heard a lot of bullshit about it and seen a lot of uh, documentaries. So, where are we? Okay. Uh, former FIFA president Seth Blatter, isn't he? Isn't he one of the biggest chancellors you've ever seen in your fucking life? He's about two hundred and five years of age, and his whole life revolves around money. He says the decision to award the two thousand and twenty two World Cup to Qatar is a mistake. No shit, Sherlock. We know that. Blatter, eighty six. Sorry, he's not two hundred and five. He's eighty six. He was president of the World Football Governing Body when Qatar was awarded the tournament in two thousand and ten. We know that. We remember there was a double at the one time. Russia got 2018 and they got 2022. Uh, the Gulf state has been criticised for its stance on same-sex relationships, human rights record, and the treatment of migrant workers. Now, the treatment of migrant workers, I don't know if anyone knows, um, you obviously know Gary Neville, and he's a pundit on Sky, former Manchester United uh, player and captain, won countless trophies. He did uh, an, an overlap program where he went over to Qatar and he was talking to different people and seeing the conditions that the migrant workers were work, working in. And like, it's not good. Like, it's 50 degrees. Jurgen Klopp says in a minute, it's, it, it's 50 degrees during the summer. So when, when you went to, like, when you were allowed to, when they won the bid, how did it think the stadiums was going to be built? There was one stadium there at the time. How did it think the infrastructure in the stadium was going to be built? 
that's going to be built by migrant workers who are on very low pay and are staying in what looks like um, small little cabins. Just uh, it, it was on the overlap, the state of it, like. But anyways, Blatter says he was right to have said at the time that the tournament should not go to Qatar in 2022. I don't remember him saying that at the time. In an interview to the Swiss newspaper, Blatter added that Qatar is too small of a country to host a tournament and that football and the World Cup is too big for it. Oh, isn't he an angel all of a sudden? The Qatar World Cup, the first to be hosted in the Middle East in the tournament's 92-year history and the first during the Northern Hemisphere's winter, takes place on the 20th of November until the 18th of December. If anyone's wondering about the Premier League, is back on the 26th. That's Boxing Day. I'm sure you all know that already. Uh, FIFA's executive committee voted 14, as you said, uh, voted 14A to Qatar to host the tournament ahead of the USA. So it was 14-12 was the score. Um, now, listen, see, this is, you know, like, like once a rat, always a rat, you know? So Blatter says he voted for the United States and blames the then UEFA president, Michelle Platini, for swinging the vote in Qatar's favour. So Seth Blatter and Michelle Platini were 65 miles up each other's arseholes during all of this time. And the minute the shit hits the fan, then the break ranks and start blaming each other. I'll just read that again. And then I have a quote, right? Blatter says he fought for the United States and blames the then UEFA president, Michelle Platini, for swinging the vote in Qatar's favour. Seth Blatter says, and I quote, it was a bad choice and I was responsible for that as president at the time. Of course you were. Of course you were. Then he says, thanks to the four votes from Platini and his team, that's UEFA, the World Cup went to Qatar rather than the United States. It's the truth. Blatter also said FIFA had adjusted the criteria used to select host countries in, a 2012, in 2012 after concerns were raised about the treatment of migrant workers building World Cup stadiums in Qatar. Since then, social considerations and human rights were taken into account. Now, that's what I said earlier. So, Qatar wins it. It doesn't have the infrastructure. It doesn't have the um, doesn't have any grounds or the roads to the grounds or hotels for people to stay in. And now all the they've probably some of the best stadiums in the world. Some of them are probably the best stadiums in the world now. They have the infrastructure. They have the roads. There's hotels that are big, huge, mega yachts where people I I've seen loads of documentaries on it. Now who built that? Migrant workers. Migrant workers built it, but who? It, it was a fought by FIFA and it was voted that they would win it to bring the World Cup more inclusive as a global family to a place that doesn't allow uh, people to be inclusive because of their laws and because of their culture. I'm not saying that they, if, if, if that's what they think, that's what they think in the Middle East. That's their opinion. But the World Cup should never have been there, 100%, if that is the case. Um, Seth Blatter spent 17 years it was like he was there 200 years spent 17 years as the FIFA president but was forced to step down in 2015 over allegations he unlawfully arranged a transfer of 2 million Swiss francs to Platini so now he was forced to step down because he was giving money to Platini but yet when they get in trouble it was Platini that made it be in Qatar in the first place it's absolutely nonsensical it's nonsensical. So 
what did I say? Yeah, so in 2015, he was made to step down over allegations he unlawfully arranged a transfer of 2 million Swiss francs. That's $2.1 million and 1.6 million sterling to Platini, who was also forced to resign from his position from FIFA. He was originally banned from football by FIFA for eight years, later reduced to six years over the Platini payment. In March 2021, he then received an additional ban until 2028 for, in further commas, various violations of FIFA's code of ethics. Like these lads are fucking cowboys. Absolute cowboys. Blatter and Platini made sweet love. I didn't say that, but I should do. Blatter and Platini were charged with fraud last November, but were found not guilty at a trial in Switzerland in July. I remember seeing that on Sky. So both of them were charged with fraud last November, but were found not guilty at the trial in Switzerland in July. Why was that, I wonder? The decision to award the 2008 and 2012 World Cups to Russia and Qatar, respectively, has been dogged by accusations of widespread corruption with two investigations launched by Swiss prosecution and the US Department of Justice in 2015. Qatar and Russia have always denied any wrongdoing and both were effectively cleared by FIFA's own investigation in 2017. So cowboys, money, it's all money. That's what this is, money. FIFA recently wrote to competing nations, this is now, FIFA re recently wrote to competing nations asking them to now focus on the football instead of the competition's controversial build-up. The FIFA letter was critical, excuse me, the FIFA letter was criticised by Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International and LGBTQ campaigners in England and Wales, while 10 European football associations, including those of England and Wales, said Human rights are universal and apply everywhere, 100%. Oh, well, you can't change your culture. Okay, well, the World Cup's not going there then. Oh, well, it has to go there. Why? Because they paid me two billion. <gasps> That's why. Uh, there is a concern about the LGBTQ people. <clears throat> there is concern about how LGBTQ people are treated in Qatar with same-sex relationships and the promotion of same-sex relationships are criminalised, with punishments ranging from fines to the death sentence. So you're a man, you find another man that you love, someone that's willing to put up with your shite every day, hug you in the morning when you're sad, big you up when you're feeling well, and you could be sentenced to death. Amnesty International says that since 2010, hundreds of thousands of migrant workers have, have faced human rights abuses, while employed to build wider infrastructure necessary to host the tournament. So I've seen on the overlap, they're all staying in small little, uh, like little freighters. Um, and it's, you know, though these, uh, you ever see them, they're Armageddon bunkers, you'd see on TV, small little things. They're in that six or seven to a room, it's smaller than a hospital ward. It might work 12 hours to go in there, eating shit, back up then, work again. Some of them die, some of them don't make it with the heat, send a few bob back to their family. And like, who organizes? FIFA voted on it, you know. There was a the, the boys were handing over money, they were found they were done for fraud but got away with it. Now they're throwing each other under the bus. Peaceful protests have been banned by some players. Sorry, peaceful protests have been planned by some players, while England's Harry Kane and nine other captains of European teams will be wearing the one love armbands to promote diversity and inclusion. Now, this is what pisses me off, but I'll just get to that in a second. The last bit of this is 
Denmark will wear toned down shirts to protest against Qatar. The Kipper fighters, Hummel, H-U-M-M-E-L, they're saying it does not wish to be visible in a tournament it claims has cost thousands of lives. While Australia squad have released a video urging Qatar to abolish its laws on same-sex relationships. Now, I don't think that will happen, obviously enough. <laughs> so there's a mountain to unpack there. I, I don't want to spend too much time unpacking it. It's uh, read and understood. It's absolutely corrupt from the top to the bottom. It was money 100%. They knew when Qatar won the bid for the 2022 World Cup that the infrastructure was not there and it would have to be built in that heat by hundreds of thousands of migrant workers who are facing abuse all of the time. And abuse is in not proper shelter, not proper showers, not proper food. God knows what the safety is like. I won't even go into that. Um, I'm not saying that the people in Qatar are bad. They're, of course they're not. Like the normal Joe Soap in Qatar that's walking down the road, like I'm walking down the road in, in my country, doesn't, like whatever our government does is not my fault. You know? And it's the same with them. They're probably lovely people over in Qatar. It's probably a fantastic spot and it does look really, really well. But there's always that underbelly, that undergrowth of it. And in my opinion, it shouldn't be held there. 100% shouldn't be held there, but it is going to be held there. That's it. End of story. So, brings me on to my next point, and Jurgen Klopp. Now, look, far be it for me to say anything nice about Jurgen Klopp. Everyone probably knows I'm a Manchester United manager. He's the manager of Liverpool, so they're our rivals for decades. And but I do like to listen to what other managers and players have to say. And he says something that I absolutely loved. And it's true. So I'm going to play that for you now. And then I'll give my thoughts afterwards. I will watch again games anyway. But, yeah, it's different. It's different. So I'm... I said I watched... I watched... Uh, I don't know why it showed up, but probably because the World Cup was coming up now. I watched an old documentary about... Uh, the whole the whole situation about the, when it got announced that Russia and Qatar are the places for the next two World Cups. I think it was the first time in history that they announced two in one and the whole situation around it. But but we all know how it happened and how you can still let it happen and no legal um, thing afterwards really lead it to a A real, what can I say? That it that it was okay. Now we now it's open. Now everybody knows. It, it still was hidden everywhere, and you think, wow, how could that all happen? It's twelve years ago, twelve years I think, and now it's coming. It's nothing to do with Qatar that they won the World Cup, and it's now it's there. That in the moment when you put it there, it was all the things which followed up was clear, were clear, and the people that time, everybody who was involved, should have known. And in that moment, that we later on talk about human rights in the sense of that people have to work there in circumstances which are, um, say nicely, difficult. So we couldn't play the World Cup there because they, they um, in the summer, uh, because of the temperature. 
it's now pretty hot. And um, the state there was not one stadium in, in Qatar, or maybe one. Um, and so they have to build stadium. And that, nobody thought about that. I don't think everybody mentioned that that day. So somebody has to build them because they don't just... Oh, there's a new stadium. It's not Aladdin with a wonder lamp or whatever you call him. Um, and that's the situation. That was make you make just can make you angry. How can you not? Again, I watch it from a football point of view. And I don't like the fact that now players from time to time get in a situation where they have they have now to send a message. You are all journalists. You have should have sent a message. We didn't write the most critical article about it. And not about because it's Qatar and things. No, about the circumstances, which was clear. And this is, then there we are guilty. That's how it is. But now telling players you have to wear this armband, or if you don't do it, then you are not on their side. And all this, and if you do it, you're on their side. No, no, no. It's footballers. It's a tournament. We have to organize. And players go there and play and do the best for their countries. Have nothing to do with the circumstances. And I see already the interviews all the time. How is it being here and these kind of things? That's all not okay for the players. I really have to say. So, but it's a tournament. We all let it happen. That it's there and it's fine. Because 12 years ago, nobody did anything now. Then, we cannot change it now. Go there. There are wonderful people as well there. Um, and, and, and it's not everything is, not at all that everything is bad. It's just how it happened was not right in the first place. But now it's there. And now let them play the games. Let them just play the games, the players and the managers. And don't put Gareth Southgate constantly in a, in a situation where he has to talk about everything. He's not like, I'm not a politician, he has an opinion, and he's not a politician. He's the manager of, the, of, of England. Let him do that. And if you want to write something else about it, then do it, but by yourself, without asking us and all these kind of things. And Klopp said, and Southgate said, and all these kind of things, as if it would change anything. We all, you more than I, let it happen 12 years ago. How is it possible in that, in that time, it was just, it was a story that, it's, that's it, that it happens. And there was already clear what all would happen. And now following it, I've been thinking, oh yeah, it's difficult to build stadium in Qatar because you have to build them in their summer as well. And it's 50 degree or whatever in the summer. That's not good for, 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 for humans to be outside and do, do hard physical work. It's actually impossible to be one of us honest. So but nobody of all these guys. And then um, there would have been plenty of chances afterwards to say like in the next three, four years to say, by the way, the process was not right. A lot of people took money um, for the wrong reason. Oh, now you feel again, you feel again personally. I see in your face that you feel personally. What is that? Blamed or by me? Because I mentioned journalists should have done more. You look at your body language, how we sit now there. Honestly, it's like, no, we did, but nothing happened. The football people did. Do you really think that we, that we did enough in the first place? Now making a story of it, now when it's happened, now coming out of the corner and getting now players under pressure, what, what, people, what you will do with questioning these kind of things, with asking the questions, with asking Harry Kane, will you wear it? Harry Kane says he will wear it. The other guys say, please don't make political, political statements. That's not okay. The thing is organized by other people. And don't say you let it happen, but we all let it happen. That time, it was everything on the table. Everything was on the table. And well, still, Mr. Blatter came somehow out of it, um, and others as well. Um, it's that long ago that some of the, the worst guys died already. <laughs> so it's not that long ago when we really could have sorted it. And it's not to say anything about Qatar. 
they won a World Cup. I can understand for whatever reason. It's fine. It's really about... Um, I want a lot of things and don't get them. Uh, and, yeah, carry on with it. Yeah, you can't have everything. It's fine. But it's really... Um, I will watch games, of course. But, yes, it is different to others. But so there you have it. It's football's fault. It's everybody's fault. It's managers, players, uh, federations, journalists for not doing enough at the time. Jurgen Klopp is 100% right. Nobody did enough at the time. There's no point in writing an article now saying, oh, we shouldn't be doing this and we should be too late. They've already got it. It's happening in a couple of days. End of story. It's going ahead. Irrelevant of anything else. The big thing then is, and I've noticed this, um, a long way back. I'm sure you've all noticed it, but it's fucking rampant now. They're asking questions all the time. You might see, uh, I support Manchester United, you might see Marcus Rashford getting interviewed after a game. He had a really, really good game. Perhaps he scored a goal or set up a goal. Marcus, well done on your performance, Manchester United. How do you think the game went? He'll give his answer. Um, how do you feel about uh, the World Cup being in Qatar? I'd tell them to go fuck themselves. That's what I would do. Because it's like you know, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's like blaming the Oompa Loompas because Willy Wonka himself put the price of the chocolate up. It's nothing got to do with them. These are footballers, football players who train all their life. And a, a lot of their biggest goals is to play for their country, to represent their country, uh, particularly in the European Championship or even more so in a World Cup. You've heard everyone saying it, even the Irish players, who unfortunately aren't going to be there this time. Now, can you imagine Ireland was there? And every second question to Seamus Coleman, uh, are you going to be wearing a band? Are you going to be doing this? Are you, he doesn't know. He's a football player. No more than I don't know. I'm not involved in this in the political side of the sport. I, I'm just a fan. People might say, well, all these players get loads of money. They, they, they should boycott. Okay, well, let's say I'm a player and I boycott. Woohoo! I'm not going to play for Ireland in the World Cup. My probably only chance ever. And everyone else goes and has a fantastic tournament. Doesn't matter a shit that I said no. Everyone has to say no. But you can't say no now because it's too late. At 12 years ago, under in 2010, when it was awarded, that's when they should have went ballistic. It should have been absolutely no, 100%, not happening. That's it. No way, we're not doing it. Vote again, change your mind. Go Give it to the States if you want to do it. It's grown huge over there. They accept nearly everybody. And the infrastructure was there. It didn't have, They weren't going to get people from uh, immigrants to go and build everything. You know, that we wouldn't be allowed there, <clears throat> to be honest. So... But what Jürgen said then about the, you might have seen in part of the clip there, he kind of bites back at a journalist. I'd cut out what the journalists were saying because number one, they were very low, but number two, I can't really have their voices in. Um, And you, you, you couldn't hear them anyways, but they were like, uh, he said, we didn't do enough. He said, you didn't do enough. One of the journalists said, well, I wrote a paper. And the man says, no, no. And then Jürgen Klopp says, look, you're getting, you think that I'm blaming you now. All of a sudden you're sitting up and, Kind of in a <clears throat> in a vexed manner or something like that. You know, you're 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 sitting up and you're getting a bit defensive. It's everybody's fault in, in it's everybody's fault who's involved in the football that that was allowed to happen. If they won fourteen eight, we know that America was second, USA, but that should have been stopped straight away. But who stops it? FIFA's in charge. You know, Sepp Blatter was the president. He was there. That was part of his seventeen years in charge. Um, he's now blaming Michelle Blatini for the, the four votes. Like, I mean, you know, so 
they're gangsters, every one of them, but I've seen a couple of interviews of the English national team manager, Gareth Southgate, and they've been asking him about the World Cup, and Gareth Southgate has said, he's, he's, he's always trying to answer it politically, tell him to go and fuck themselves. He didn't pick for the World Cup to be played there. He didn't ask for his players to go to Qatar. He didn't ask for any of it. The people who run FIFA, who run global football, picked that place themselves. Themselves. Now, whether we know why it was money, they got paid under the desk for money. We know that happened. There isn't a journalist alive that isn't saying that happened 100%. That can't come down to Gareth Southgate. He has been trying to prepare a team to go to the World Cup to see can he win a trophy for his country. Same with Spain, same with Germany, same with Portugal, same with fucking everybody, Argentina, Brazil. They're all the same. They all want to go and play for their country, do the very best that they can do. And they, like me, know that same-sex marriage is banned, but they cannot change it. If Harry Kane, the captain of England, is being interviewed and he says, well, look, I'm not going to turn up because uh, they don't allow uh, same-sex marriage. It would make no difference. What's absolutely no difference. This is a global game. I don't know, could someone come in and oust ousted FIFA in 2010 and said, look, you can't do it. You can't go there. Or whether it should have been monitored or how they were going to like I mean did they know prior that all these that they knew the stadiums needed to be built in Qatar who was going to build them the fucking dust fairies Tinkerbell and Peter Pan and all who's migrant workers for very little money living in very bad conditions and loads of them have died it's a fucking tragedy that happened in plain sight in front of every governing body's eyes and FIFA and everybody else and there wasn't a thing done about it you can't be asking Harry Kane after a match. So what do you he doesn't know? He's an athlete. He's not an intellectual that studies geopolitical commerce and and and, and you know uh humanities. He he's a professional athlete, he's a footballer. He's wearing this band, he's wearing that band, they're putting laces, they don't know what to do. The players don't know what to do. They just want to go and play. I don't know if, if someone wouldn't pull out if they could. They just want to go and play the game of football. Nothing any player says is going to make any difference over there at all whatsoever, I believe. And people much cleverer than me believe. I don't think it should be held there. I think it's a holy disgrace. It should have been stopped. But should have, would have, could have. No one did nothing whatsoever. No one in any authority did anything whatsoever. And the guys at the very top were lying in their pockets left, right and centre. It's fair to say that. I don't think anyone would disagree. So, all we can do like Jurgen Klopp said, watch the football, enjoy some of the matches, hope everything goes smoothly, hope there's, if there is protest, they're peaceful, and hope that maybe the influence of the rest of the world might lower the tone or the restrictions they have over there in time. I can give you an example, and not a lot of people have put these two together, but like I'm a WWE fan, I have been since I was WWF, uh, yes, I know it's fake. Um, you're a grown man. You shouldn't be watching that. Go fuck yourself. You're watching um, reality television and nonsense. This is reality television as well. It's just more action. I watch it all the time. I really like it. But about 15 years ago, I seen a documentary that the oil was going to run out in the Middle East and that they weren't going to be rich anymore. Uh, over time, the oil will be gone and they'll have no finances and no money. So they decided to go into entertainment. How do I know this? I know this because I watch the WWE. 
they were one of the first big American companies to go over there and stage a show. And at the time, I was thinking, what the fuck are they going over there for? Because the women weren't allowed to, the women couldn't wrestle in the shows over there at all whatsoever. And it was in around the same time as the women's revolution in wrestling was coming through. Now the women are just as good as the men, just as athletic, the matches are just as good, just as good storylines, everything is on equal level. And even in a couple of WrestleManias ago, uh, a women's match was main event. I say that to say this. It was like back to square one, I felt, that now they can't go over. And I thought that's an easy way for WWE to make money. And it's an easy way for the Middle East to show how, uh, you know, that, that they're getting into the entertainment side of it. But as time has went on, they started introducing women's matches. And there was one only a couple of weeks ago where there was a last woman standing, where two women kicked the seven sorts of shit of each other uh, in, in a match. And it was very entertaining and it was enjoyable. And all the fans were screaming and enjoying it. And there was little girls over there. And they were watching these other girls, you know, flying off the top rope and being larger than life. So that can only be a good thing in the long run, you know. So there's probably that side of it as well. But I digress. I agree with Jurgen Klopp. Players shouldn't be having to answer these questions. They do not know. They're not intellectuals. They're sporting athletes who are trying to be footballers. Some of them are dumb as fuck. And I don't have to mention any names. You you know who they are already. They're just different types of intelligence, maybe body or athletic intelligence. Um, they don't know the answers. Garrett Soke has a big job in his hands. For example, I'm using England because I, I watched the Premier League. He's a big job in his hands to try to get the team over there. They haven't been doing well lately. He needs this these questions like a hole because he needs to these questions like a hole in the head. Not because they're annoying and that they shouldn't be asked. They, they should be asked 100, but not from, not, they shouldn't be asked to him. He doesn't know. He's He was a footballer and now he's a football manager. That's it. He doesn't know. And nothing he can say is, is going to change. It's happening in a couple of days' time. He didn't organise it. Like I said, it's like us getting tick at the Oompa Loompas for Willy Wonka putting up the price of a fucking chocolate bar. It's ridiculous. Thank you for listening. My name is Mark McCormick. Please subscribe. Chat to you soon. Bye-bye.